Welcome to Books the Podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we are booksmen. But yet again, Tom, we find ourselves Sometime, out of the realm of the written word. Sometimes we gotta take off the booksman hat and put on the movie fedora. Cool. Tom, you look very cool in this fedora you're wearing right now. Well, thank you, Tim. This is actually my movie fedora that I wear when I go out to see movies. Um, Honest question, Tom. mm -hmm. Have you ever considered in your life buying a fedora? (laughs) No. I mean, only because of the stigma have I never considered that. I will admit that I have seen very handsome men wearing a fedora where I'm Mm. like, ah, maybe a fedora. And then I have to remind myself like, no, that's like an incredibly handsome man wearing that. He could be wearing, you know, a fucking clown wig and it would look good on him. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys, I look great in a clown wig, Tom. I've only worn baseball hats and uh, uh, like a knit hat, like a toque. A toque. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen you in a bucket hat before. <laughs> Maybe around like 1998. <laughs> You've never, I can guarantee you, you have never seen me in a bucket hat. I've only had baseball caps and winter you know, yeah, but uh, maybe you got a hold of somebody's bucket hat and wore it ostensibly as a joke, but you were really kind of trying no, to. No, I would to remember that. Because I think if I wore somebody's bucket hat as a joke, I probably would have kept it around. I've never had access to a bucket hat. Yeah. Well, maybe, I think I've, I think I saw them coming back. Is, uh, is that the kind of hat that Woody Allen wears? Kind of. I mean, he's just like, he wears like rumpled, rumpled clothes, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like uh, he wears like a, a, a like bowler hat that got run over by <laughs> traffic for, for well, no, a few but it days. Is, it is like a khaki colored Oh, hat. yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Because um, that It's was... more like the, the guy from the New Radicals. That's yeah. What I'm, yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I'm thinking, like... When I, when I, not to get back on Woody Allen in this podcast, this is not a Woody Allen podcast. I'm sorry to upset anyone who subscribed thinking, oh, I heard they talk a lot about Woody Allen on this podcast. I'm a very big fan. Um, I mean, we do, and, or Tom, you, you do, but, um, uh, but when I, when I was watching that HBO documentary about him, that was one of the things I couldn't get over that he, like, Seeming, you know, sometimes you want publicity, but there were a lot of a lot of footage in this where it was obvious he did not want publicity. And his solution, like many celebrities, was to wear a hat, except he mm-hmm. wore like the same very notable hat where it's like, oh, if I saw him and I was like, I'm that guy looks like Woody Allen, but I'm not sure if it's Woody Allen. If he was wearing that hat, I'd be like, it's absolutely Woody Allen because he's wearing that hat. Yeah. And it's not like there's like a million old men walking around New York City in a freaking khaki bucket hat. Right. But there are a million old men walking around New York City. You could, he could yeah. wear a, a, a baseball a plain, cap. Wear a Yankees yeah, cap. Yeah, wear, wear a plain baseball cap or a Yankees or a Mets cap and nobody would ever notice. But he. Him, you like, know he could he wear wore? like a Brooklyn Dodgers hat. He, he wore. Like, oh, I remember when. 
He wore a fishing hat, I think is what it was. Ah, yes. Right? That's like a fishing Mm -hmm. hat. Mm -hmm. I don't know what makes that hat better for fishing than any other hat. You can keep lures on it, I think. You can keep lures on any hat, I think. Yeah, this one's got special attachments have you ever thought about i mean you're wearing a baseball cap right now you you frequently wear a baseball cap have you ever thought about uh branching out into other types of uh headwear i don't think i can pull it off i wear these actually tom i wear these sleep headphones um when i go to bed oh yeah um that is like a headband my girlfriend has those so uh i'm not nagging her all night yeah exactly um, just another kiss before bed. <laughs> Please. I need for you to kiss me. We've been dating for years. I think one kiss isn't too much to ask. Um, I think I look pretty cool in them, but my wife makes fun of me, so I don't think I'll become like a headband guy. Um, well, but it's I cool didn't the way say that, a like, headband my guy. Hair. Um, yeah, but you were saying headwear. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to go into, I, I, my head's too small. Uh-huh. I'd have to buy, buy like a, a child's fedora. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> That's not going to be good for anybody. Tim, if you go to like a, a, a Macy's or something and go, ask for a child's fedora, they're going to call the cops on you. Yeah, they have a panic button under, <laughs> underneath the desk just for that situation. They're called Child Protective Services. We believe uh, there's a man in our store right now who is trying to recruit a child wingman <laughs> for him <laughs> at bars, and we need police here right away. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I like that you said wingman and not wingman. <laughs> wingman. <laughs> wingman. Um what other types of hats are there? A visor? I can't. I can't yeah, abide a visor. A, a visor, a straw hat. Mm. I would again. I think my head's too small, but I would. I would like to. I think I would look good in a cowboy hat. Yeah, a cowboy hat, a Panama Jack type hat. Mm. What about one of those like uh, vaudeville hats, like one of the flat um, tops, like a... and they're like made of. They're kind of like you could punch through them, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like from a comedy duo from like the 1930s. Um, Like kind of like almost like a military cap or like a uh, like a. a, a... No, it's it's firm. Um, You might see it like with like red, white and blue uh, bunting around. It's got a flat top and then like a. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's kind of like a straw hat. You see those sometimes at like Fourth of July or whatever. Yeah. I think I could do that. I like uh, when I go on vacation adopting a hat being like I'm I'm wearing a different type of hat guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what do you mean? Because you told me earlier that you only ever wore a. a baseball cap or a toque. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really had the guts to do it, but I would like to. Yeah. I would like to be a pan. I would like to have a vacation hat. This is maybe what <laughs> I'm going to aspire to. Then I'm going to have like a Panama Jack style hat, and that's my vacation hat. And when I'm on vacation, that's the hat I wear. All right. And that's then if somebody sees know, me out, hey. they can be like, "Hey, he's on vacation." Yeah, let's not bother him or it, it'll be like a real life him. out of office email right 
<laughs> I'll have yeah. a little in uh, I have a little card that instead of saying press on it tucked into it it'll say out of office. Oh oh oh. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes the headwear section of of the podcast. Yeah. Um no, I, I mean, look. Eventually I'm going to have to wear ooh. A newsy cap. Yeah. That again, that's another type of hat where sometimes I'm like, hey, that looks pretty good. But then I'm like, oh no, that's like a real handsome guy wearing it. That's yeah. like, you know, Chris like Hemsworth a real wearing Irish it. Guy or something. Yeah. Right. Or like some guy where it's like, oh, I bet that hat's been passed down or there's a story about how he got that hat. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, a, oh, he bought that hat on Amazon <laughs> and uh, he just wants to wear it. Yeah, I think one of the uh, the uh, a good quality that you and I share, uh, mm-hmm. recognizing that we're n- neither of us is um, so incredibly handsome that um, <laughs> we think we can emulate things that handsome men wear. Yeah, well, and I think that's that's one. I you know I don't know anything about women's fashion, but I think that's one of the or biggest, women. That's hey, you're telling me, hey, well, you know, you've been talking to my girlfriend, I guess. I have a lot. Oh, well, I'm going to tell your wife. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of guys, you know, most men are stupid, uh, both of us included. And like, you know, fashion brands and stuff like that understand that they're like, hey, we can just like get a real handsome dude to put this on and take a picture of it. And then everybody else would be like, eh, that looks pretty good. And because I'm, uh, I mean, I'm thinking more when we were younger that it was mm-hmm. like, that shirt looks pretty good on Brad Pitt, but I don't want to admit that Brad Pitt's attractive because that might question my sexuality. So I'm going to say it has to be his hat that looks so good. <laughs> so then if I wear that hat, I'm going to look just as good as him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's some deep psychology that they're playing on, huh? Yeah, whereas now nowadays, you know, uh, I feel like I can look at one of those ads or a magazine or something. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, of course that guy can pull it off. He's better looking than me. But I feel yeah. like also in your 20s, b- besides the like, you know, uh, uh, worrying about uh, my dog's freaking out, <laughs> worrying, <laughs> worrying about... Oh, all right, we're gonna have to stop for a second. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey. I think along with the uh when you're in your twenties being like like uh I don't I don't find guys attractive for like, you know, straight idiots like us. Um there's also an element of when you're when you're in your 20s you're like I'm very handsome. I'm very good looking. <laughs> so, even if I find another man attractive and he's pulling that off, I also think because of self-confidence like, oh, I'm I'm almost as good looking as that guy, so I can probably pull it off. I don't know if it's necessarily in my case that I had self-confidence to think that I was super handsome, but I was just like, 
Well, it will, you know, it, it's a look. And, like, as long as I go with the look, right. it'll probably work. Then um, people the will see you thing, and say, he's got the look. Exactly. I think the fortunate thing these days is that um, a lot of the places where I do my uh, online clothes shopping, <laughs> uh-huh. um, they have a very diverse group of models for the clothes. Right. Um, and, like, it always seems to be, like, you know, uh, I don't know, uh each like if for a shirt mm-hmm. it'll be like three different guys wearing the shirt but like it's all guys like the opposite like it'll be like a very tall muscular handsome black man mm-hmm. it's like well he looks good in the shirt <laughs> but i am none of those things <laughs> right. so like there there's not even one bit of overlap like no this shirt will not look good on me yeah and like it disabuses me of the notion that this shirt will will look nice on me i think one of one of the biggest regrets i have during the pandemic is in well none of us knew how long this was going to go Although people were telling us in the beginning and we were all like, no, <laughs> um, man, man, I would fucking kill myself. <laughs> um, is that I didn't just order like a bunch of made to order uh, jumpsuits for myself. Mm. I I've mean, t- you can do that anyway. You don't go out much. Well, and and I've talked on this show before about how much I enjoy the show uh, 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 For All Mankind, which don't give me any spoilers. I'm not caught up yet. I know. I think the second season just finished. But I'm jealous of it because uh, sometimes they have scenes where, like, the astronauts, you know, they go home. They're, they're not in space. They go home from, like, a day at the office um, and they've just they got go home from the day after a day, a long, hard day in space. <laughs> they go home and they're, they just wear jumpsuits all the time, but they're presumably like custom made jumpsuits. So they fit them yeah. perfectly. And I'm like, man, during the pandemic, this is what I should have had. Just, just a bunch of custom made jumpsuits that I could wear every day. It just seems very, it simplifies things a lot. Tom, I'm a friend. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't pull off the the jumpsuit. But I wouldn't need to pull it off because I'm not going anywhere. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's all about but, comfort and ease. But here's the thing: how many pairs of pants have you worn in the last year? <laughs> maybe maybe two. Yeah, exactly. And what's more comfortable and easy than waking up and just? Pulling on the same pants that you wore yesterday that have your your wallet and your keys and all your things already in there. I mean, a jumpsuit, I guess. I don't know. Like, is it a jumpsuit that, like, if you wanted to uh, to go number two in the bathroom, you'd have to, like, uh, take off, like, the shirt part of it, too? Yeah, but that'd be fine. Because I'd, be, I'd probably be, I'd wear, be wearing an undershirt underneath it. Yeah, but it also just seems like a lot of a lot of work. I don't I mean, know. It's, I've it's look, more work than just dropping your drawers. I've not had to drop my drawers with any kind of urgency in a long time. Where like the extra I'm not five seconds. Urgent. No, that, I'm just saying if if your if your concern is ease, then like that already I'll, your I'll, favorite thing is less easy. Well, um, Tim, these are custom jumpsuits. I can get them made with a little uh, butt flap, you know, with oh, the nice. two buttons. Yeah. And then it will be adorable, too. You would, so, something would go wrong and you'd get shit all over everything. 
you you wouldn't realize it. You'd walk out of the At bathroom first, and all up the back of your legs, all the way up to your back, would just be covered in shit. I would have forgotten to open up the open up the, the drawers, the uh, the trap door there. Uh, anyway, you watched a movie, Tom. Yeah, Tim. I watched this movie, uh, A Winkle in Time. Wait. A wrinkle in time, right? Oh, I thought the R was silent. I thought you were um, just have you had the Winklevoss twins on on, on the brain. <laughs> Tim, those guys are tall. I don't want them anywhere near me. Hmm. Uh, I don't want them near me. I don't want uh, Army Hammer near me because he's recently been nobody outed wants as Army a, Hammer as a real creepazoid. <laughs> Like it doesn't, uh, I mean, I'm not a, I shouldn't say anything because I'm not up to date with the whole Army Hammer story. But at I the, mean, who cares? Uh, but at, Go the, nuts. at the very least, he seems like an extremely weird dude that you just don't want to get involved with. And that's at the, you know. The safest level. I, I'm not up to date with all the the actual uh, like accusations about him. I think I think more shitty things have come out. But uh, but you know, uh, I was I I just remember reading a thing about how he had like a fake you know a finstagram as it were. But mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't private, which is just dumb as shit. And like he had a post on there where it was like. Uh, you know, because he's, he's going through a contentious divorce. And it was like, yeah, they're drug testing me, but like they don't drug test for DMT. And it was him just like vaping DMT, <laughs> which I don't know a ton about. But from what I know about it, it's just like an extremely strong psychedelic drug. Yeah, I would like to do DMT. I think we should do that on the podcast. Huh? Well. So apparently that's like what your brain releases when you're dying. Mm-hmm. So that just struck me as like, I thought it was more of a like, yeah, when you like want to have like a, a fucking experience, that's what you do. Not when it's like, well, I can't take any other drugs. Let me casually vape this <laughs> extremely strong psychedelic. But hey, to each his own. So, Actually, Tom, mm-hmm. speaking of the movies, yeah, did you watch the Oscar broadcast? I watched some of it, not all of it. Did you get so bored? Yeah, it was extremely boring, like even more boring than usual. Yeah, nobody told any jokes the whole time. There was that one funny part that was legitimately funny, and then uh, no more what jokes. What was that part? Um, when Glenn Close... Um, oh, did the butt? Yeah. I didn't even see that. I don't even really know what the butt is. Um, I mean, it was a, look, I know what the butt is. <laughs> it was a, a it dance. Was a very funny bit. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a dance. It's a song. Um, whatever. Go watch it. She, she, uh, she sells it really well. Yeah. Well, I did think like uh, the presenters and whatnot did, uh, did a good job like w- with what they uh, were given. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like a, a lot of people talking a lot, which I guess that's anything. But yeah, um, yeah, 
It was just, it, you know, and I saw like media reports about like the lowest rated Oscars yet. Like, oh, Hollywood's dying. And it's like, well, movie theaters weren't open for a year. <laughs> Very few movies were re- were released. Yeah. Very few people saw the movies that were released. Uh, Where did you fall on the uh, the movies that were nominated? Did you see most of them? I saw most of them. Uh, I haven't seen Nomad Land yet. Um, not even uh, with my Hulu account. Not no, it's Amazon Prime, which you don't have. It's actually on Hulu. It's not. Is Amazon it Hulu? Prime. Yeah, I thought it was Prime. All right. Well, I, regardless, I haven't. Oh seen well, it. look at uh, Mister Know It All. <laughs> That's me. Um, but I, I've seen most of them. I think actually. Why do you ask? Um, I feel like a lot of people were like, well, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen any of these movies. And it's like, well, they've all been available for a while um, at your on your TV at home. It yeah. would have cost you like, I don't know, less than 80 bucks to see all these movies. Um, I don't yeah. understand uh, why everybody's like, well, how was I supposed to see these movies? <laughs> And like, oh, all the movies were bad this year. I've never heard of them. And it's like, well, they announced what they were. You could have looked them up. And like, a lot of them were good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying Nomadland, to think. Land, Judas and the Black Messiah. That, that, was really that good. movie was really good. I like that a lot. Um, Mank was fine. Minari was great. I haven't seen Mank yet. I keep meaning to watch it, but it's one of those movies where I'm like, eh, am I in the mood to sit through this? Guess what? You're not. You'll yeah. never be in the mood to. It's it's not worth it. Don't uh, don't see Mank. Uh, I like Minari a lot. I thought that was like a very. Uh, it was a good movie, and it it was like a very indie movie that avoid avoided indie tropes. So I like yeah. that. Didn't do like the saddest thing possible at every moment, just to like do the saddest thing possible. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, Tom was just wondering your thoughts, and I think we're on the same page. I uh, really like, did you, all right, I've, uh, and these might be movies that I've asked you about before. Have you seen One Night in Miami? I have not. That was very good, and I'm proud of myself because I was like, this, I know mo- you s- this movie's a lot like a play, and it was a play. You, um, you wear that like a badge of honor. <laughs> And have you seen um, uh, Another Round? Yes, yeah. I loved Another Round. Another yes. Round was great, and they're they're remaking it with Leo DiCaprio now. You know what? Don't don't do that. Yeah. When has that ever worked out? Uh I think it has worked out. Actually, they name one time it's worked out. Um, Let the right one in. Nope. Um, uh, force majeure. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't worked recently. I'll give you that. I feel like in the past, maybe, when foreign films were harder to access. Um, oh, like Old Boy or something? Yeah, where it was like... Oh, wait, no, Old Boy. No, that's another flop. Yeah, that was yeah, Spike that Lee flopped. did Old Boy. Um, no, like older than that, like 90s uh movies were remade foreign movies were remade for american audiences and did 
did well. But um, but yeah, I feel like it's a weird, especially when it's like this movie stars Mad Mads Mikkelsen, who a lot of people know he's a famous American actor too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, I'll watch that. I it's it you know it's not in English, but it's got a guy I recognize from uh, from other movies in it. Also, the way that movie go, like that film, it's a uh, you know the plot and kind of like the themes of that movie. If you're gonna be turned off by subtitles, yeah, you're not gonna enjoy that movie in English either. Like you're not well, gonna be you know. And I think also what was unique about that movie was um, one of the things I loved about that movie was seeing another culture's drinking culture. And like I was fascinated by the fact that so much of it focused on a high school where students can drink i guess maybe at like 16 or 17 maybe it seemed like yeah it seemed like uh, maybe 18 but it didn't seem like it it seemed like uh, the drinking age in in what is that denmark is is mm-hmm. younger um so like high school students could just drink but then also seeing uh you know recognizable it looked like an american school but the teachers uh go by their first names and don't wear, you know, uh, shirt and tie and a dress or whatever. Like they dress, you know, semi normal, you know, normal. Like like mm-hmm. how I don't know somebody would go to a I don't know low key office job where they weren't like meeting with clients or whatever. Um, I found that all fascinating to see how uh, how that cultural and i feel like the drinking in that was very much about the drinking culture of that country and how it was just excused uh by a by a lot of society by a lot of the culture there and nobody really made a big deal out of them drinking all the time i don't know yeah i don't know i mean it'd be interesting if they adapted it um you know, making the adjustments for American society. Yeah. But like, they're not going to do that. They're just going to reshoot know, it, make a weird movie that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, pretty much, uh, I liked, um, sound of metal. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen any of the Amazon, uh, movies. Wow. Out of touch with society. Nope, not giving my money to the big bald bozo. <laughs> um, well, and I've heard uh, their recent uh, earnings call. They said they were down because you. Yeah, didn't... no, I understand that. It's <laughs> standing kidding. on principle I, is not no, something I'm... you're familiar with. Tim, I stand on principle. I, you know what principle I stand for? What? Justice. All right, talk about this movie. We have to. Yeah, I can't. I can't look up. I was trying to find what the other uh, movies were, but uh, what the, that were nominated. Yeah, I can give you the nominations. Okay, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I have not seen that yet. I have not either, and that's another one like Mank, where it's just kind of like this kind of looks boring. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think. Uh, uh, beyond um the amazon thing 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was the same thing with One Night in Miami. It's like, I don't like movies that are adapted from plays generally. Oh, is that Ma Rainey's They're- Black Bottom? Yeah. You know what? I like movies. You know what? That's now convinced me to watch it. <laughs> hmm. Nomadland, The Father, which I'll never watch. Yeah. It, it, I am shocked that he won an Oscar for that. I mean, not... I haven't seen it, so I shouldn't be shocked, but it just yeah. seemed like the most Oscar baity Oscar yeah, movie. Yeah, but like, I guess if you do that well, that you do it well. Like, um, yeah. what was that freaking Hillbilly Elegy was the yeah. most Oscar baity movie, and that didn't pay off for them. Um, Promising Young Woman. That I liked. Yeah. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7. That I haven't seen. It's fine. It's like a TV movie. I, I already saw Borat, so I don't need to see that, I think. I didn't see Borat. That's that's the one that <laughs> I... I just got to pirate these Amazon yeah. movies. Well, I'm telling or Jeff Or just, Bezos. like, get somebody's uh, password for Prime. I guess that's a smart way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Tom, give me your Prime password. I mean, I could probably just, like, add you onto my account, I think. Well, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want you to go to the trouble. <laughs> what else? Um, what else was nominated? Those were the best picture nominees. That was all of them? All. Yeah. Do you want me to go through them again? Yeah, real quick. Nomadland. Okay. Haven't seen it. The, the Father. Haven't seen Judas it. Judas and the Black Messiah. Saw it like Mank. Minari. Didn't see it. <laughs> I thought I saw most women. of them, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, Sound of Metal was good. I like Sound of Metal. It it was, you, I think you would like it. It's a weird, it's not a weird movie, but it's like a weirdly structured movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything I've read about it makes it sound very interesting. And Uh, I really like Riz Ahmed. I was going to say he, I mean, it's one of those movies where it's like, yeah, it's all about the lead actor's performance and uh, he's great in it. Uh, does a really good job. Uh, so that that's what makes it like interesting to watch. Not like not all that much happens in the movie. You're just kind of watching a character going through something. Hmm. I watched uh, <laughs> apropos of nothing last night. I was like, you know, a movie I've never seen that I'll watch. Rachel getting married. It's a good movie. <laughs> All right. I recommend it, Tom. I've been thinking uh, I need to watch the new Mortal Kombat movie along the same lines. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. So, Tim, I did watch a movie uh, this week called A Wrinkle in Time. I was going to, I sat down to watch A Wrinkle in Time last night, and then I was like, Oh, look at this. Rachel getting married. I'll give that a shot. 2008 Jonathan Demme movie. Is is that the movie with the guy from uh, TV on the radio? It is. Yeah. All right. Did it's they have any it. TV on the radio songs in it? No, but at one point he sang a Neil Young song, oh. a cappella, almost in its entirety. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that I I really like that guy's voice, so. Yeah. And I like That's Neil nice. Young. Anyway... A Wrinkle in Time, Tim. Uh, 2018 box office bomb. Ooh, it was uh, Sleaze of the Year. <laughs> what do they call it? <laughs> I don't think they call it Sleaze of the Year. 
Uh, this movie apparently cost somewhere in the neighborhood of $250 million to make, made $115 million. I mean, $115 million is more than I've ever made. Well, so it's a weird thing because this is, I believe, the only the second movie with a female director to make over $100 million. The first was Patty Jenkins with uh, Wonder Woman. And the first with a black or any female director of color to make over a hundred million dollars, but with the big caveat of that it cost twice that much to make it. So, a good reason why you haven't heard that touted out as a uh, what? Can I can I ask you this? Mm -hmm. Does it look like it costs two hundred and fifty million dollars to make? Kind of, it's so tough with movies nowadays because so much of this movie is CGI. Yeah, and like that's not super expensive, right? Yeah, I mean, to get it done right is, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, you know, I I don't really watch many of the like CW uh, superhero TV shows anyway. Actually, I don't watch any of them anymore week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't know, a lot of those shows are CGI, and it's like kind of, you know it's not great CGI, but it's like I don't know they're making this work, and they make twenty three episodes a season. I yeah. bet if you took all these. Uh, episodes combined and with how much CGI they have to do uh, it would equal probably way yeah yeah. Um, so that was confusing to me a bit Um, because I think of like when I hear like how much a Mission Impossible movie costs I get it because it's like, oh, they've got to have like three helicopters going and they've got to pay for Tom Cruise to take all this training. And then like the insurance, if this decapitates him and Mm -hmm. and all or they're going to and they're going to blow up a bridge while they're doing this gets decapitated on. They're putting it in the movie. That will be the highest grossing film of all time, man. I watched this. Oh, I should find it. And I don't even know if I want to put in the show notes, but maybe I'll just send it to you. Uh, a movie that w- uh, a YouTube video that was like uh, Hollywood stunts that killed people that stayed in the movie. But one of them was, I believe it was an Indian movie where the lead actor, who was like a big actor, had to like grab onto uh, like a rope ladder from a helicopter and it flew away and he couldn't hold on and he let go and died. But they like put it in the movie, like in the end credits of like, and here's how this oh, wait, very not even famous like, well, guy died. Know, we gotta, we gotta get the shot in and we're not going to do it again. No, it was just like, some- everybody wants to see this scene. Here it is. Yikes. Um, there was nothing like that in this movie. No daring stunts. Um, it seemed, you know what? I think it kind of, I'm not going to go through it beat by beat. I don't think because, uh, did it resemble, I know that we were both pretty drunk when I was Mm -hmm. explaining the, the book to you. Um, does it resemble the plot of the book 
Um, yeah, it does resemble the plot of the book, <laughs> as you said. Tom, if I fucking made fun of you. <laughs> All right, I get it. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it does. I think it actually falls into that trap that a lot of movies do lately. That for decades, you know, people... You refrain from burping directly sorry. into the microphone. <laughs> For decades, people criticized movies for not following book plots, mm-hmm. and then they went way the other way. And I think this is a case of that, where it follows the the plot of the book a little too closely. Um, although they get rid of the twins, okay, they're not in this at all. But... Uh, the movie starts with just like within the first four minutes, Charles Wallace is getting adopted and they're explaining to Meg uh, like uh, you're going to get a, you know, a, a new brother. We're adopting a brother. But it's just like oh, Wait, so, he's adopted. Yeah. He's not adopted in the book. No. Nah. Uh-uh. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe he's not adopted in the movie. No, he is. So their name isn't Wallace in the in the book? Huh? So his name's Charles Wallace, right? Yeah. But he's not adopted, so their last name is Wallace. No, his name is just Charles Wallace. But I'm saying like the rest of the kids. Wallace isn't his last name. Oh, what is it? Um, whatever the kids' last names are. Oh, okay. So Wallace is like his middle name? I guess. So they're adopting this kid, Charles Wallace. It's just like a weird like the movie just starts with them explaining to their daughter that they're, you know, she's gonna have a brother. And then within like the you know, four minutes later. Uh, somebody's, uh, uh, Meg is going downstairs. Charles Wallace is making a sandwich and, uh, she's helping him out or, or whatever. She's not helping him out. She's just like, Oh, I heard you. And, um, the radio's on and they're talking about her missing dad on the radio at like, I don't know, two in the morning or whatever. It's like, Mm -hmm. this isn't how the radio works. (laughs) You don't talk about missing NASA scientists. <laughs> and they don't mention, like, you know, the last we heard, he was talking about traveling the universe through his mind. <laughs> it's like, well, no. They would be like, the the family asked for privacy at this time. <laughs> this guy obviously went nuts. And, you know, he's dead in a swamp right now or, or changed his identity. But anyway, um, Tom, I have confirmed that yes, in the film, Charles Wallace is adopted. In the book, he is not adopted. Okay, so that's a weird change, I guess. Um, they did it for representation. Yeah, because he's um, Asian, I guess it looks like. But oh no, I think they were just saying representation for adopted. oh for adopted kids. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm just saying um, he he doesn't. Meg looks like the kid of Chris Pine, and uh, uh, I, I'm not—I I don't remember her name. 
but looks like their kid, whereas Charles Wallace is not. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. What's it shows up. She is Reese Witherspoon. Hmm. Wait. So she's all like uh, playing like harried and like uh, confused and stuff. Um. And a little bossy and a little like, oh my God. <laughs> a oh. little bit, yeah. I mean, she's playing like a very Reese Witherspoon version. That's, well, I'll get into it. Um, but it's like a weird scene. The movie just has like a weird tone to it where you're just not really sure what kind of movie this is because she shows up like Charles Wallace brings her to their house and the mom and Meg are both there, and they're kind of like, what's this? Instead of being like, why is there a strange woman in our house? Get the fuck out of our house. Right. Um, but, I mean, in the book, it's kind of presented as, like, the house is, there's weird stuff going on in that house anyway. The mom and the dad are, like, wacky scientists, and, like, is that not the case? In the- so, in the book, does the dad work for NASA? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was going to say, I feel like they kind of did a, you couldn't figure out if the if the mom and dad were like wacky scientists or like legit scientists who suddenly came up with a wacky idea that, they, mm. like there's a scene where uh, the parents are like presenting in front of like, I don't know, like media and other scientists and like Chris Pine, the dad gets like real into like, we can travel with our minds and like everybody laughs at him and stuff. Um, and bunch of assholes. He'll show them. Well, and it's just kind of a weird scene because it's like, Oh, did this husband and wife scientist team not talk about what they were going to present beforehand? <laughs> um, and also it's like, well, I get why they're laughing at him because he's giving just like very nebulous. Like it sounds like he's high <laughs> where he's just like, we can, you know, we're trying to do all this stuff with math and we can do it with our mind. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they're laughing at him. It's like, yeah, of course they're fucking laughing at him. <laughs> he's not giving any further explanation. It runs a weird gamut of like, being like very scientific and very accurate and then just like hey there's just the way shit works this is fantasy mm-hmm. um which i think is part of the reason why it bombed because it it seemed like it couldn't pick between fantasy and like grounded science fiction and i feel like the movie would have been better if they just kind of picked one of the two and stuck with it right um. Uh. Yeah, and along the lines, you know, problems that I thought with the book were like when you know Calvin comes over here. He says, "Suddenly, I get this feeling that I had to come here," and it's like, "Yeah, that's like a weak storytelling device." I mean, that happens in the book. Well, that's, that's what like- I'm saying, but that's just like a weak, like, like, oh, okay, so. You know, the universe told him he had to come here, but all right, that's not compelling to, right. to, to, to like listen to. 
Um, I mean, and along those lines, the one thing I couldn't get over with this movie is how extremely boring it was for a kid's movie. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, I get why this bombed. Because this is walking such a weird line of like being somewhat scientifically accurate and somewhat fantasy where I feel like if they just picked one and stuck with it, it would have been easier. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I don't think many people care as much as you do about that stuff. Well, I I know that that's what you think about me, and I know that about me. But I'm just saying, in this particular instance, and I think, again, this movie is very accurate to the book. It was just kind of confusing what's going on a lot of times. Because it just high, Tom? Were you, no, uh, I wasn't high. I was watching DMT. The, I was watching in the middle of the afternoon. I just feel like it was very confusing that you have all these scenes at like NASA, and then basically somebody who seems like a wizard shows up, right. and it's like, well, wait, is this sci-fi or fantasy? It's both. It's the marriage of the two, Tom. Yeah, it didn't. I've, in my opinion, it didn't do a good job marrying the two. Um, along along the same lines as the book, Charles Wallace seems to just know a lot that isn't, you know, it's just like, oh, he's special, so he knows these things. Um, for a little while, I felt like Oprah was doing all of her scenes in front of a green screen, but mm-hmm. then eventually she does, like, in a actually interact with other actors uh so i was like okay oprah is there but i did How wonder busy could oprah actually be i don't know but they did shoot this movie in new zealand hmm. um and i was reading shit about how you know everybody was like oh new zealand's so great it was so beautiful but i'm watching this movie and i'm like this is all CG. I don't think this has it. You went to New Zealand for the tax breaks. <laughs> like, right. And this is all shot on a studio. Um, the dialogue with... So let me say this. I thought everybody's performances were pretty good, actually. Okay. My, Even the kids? Yeah. My problem was more with the script. Um. Yeah that I didn't like like Charles Wallace when he was introduced I actually really liked where I was like oh they got like a good precocious kid to to do this dialogue and everything you know it's a kid who's supposed to be wise beyond his years the problem was that all the other kids also seemed that way so it it kind of didn't I don't know it didn't fit right um, uh, Mindy Kaling's character only talks in quotes, which is in the book, right? Yeah, that is in the book. It gets old. She only real- talks in quotes, but then, um, like explains what they mean afterwards. Uh, well, in this, she says the quote and then says the last name of the person and then their nationality. Hmm. Um, and it got old real quick. And pretty quickly in the movie, like within the first hour, they start referencing pop culture. And the way they refer, uh, it's like 
don't don't introduce it this way where uh uh Reese Witherspoon's character like changes into a you know like a creature or whatever and Mindy Kaling's character Batman and they're like No, it's like it's like a flying plant and Mrs. Who says, "Dang, Tucker, American." And it's Chris Tucker. Yeah, mm-hmm. from Friday, but he says, "Damn, not dang." And it's like, I get it. There's a kids movie. It's a Disney movie. You can't say damn, but then don't you do can that. Say damn. Yeah, you, you can. But like then either say damn or I don't know, find a different way to do this where it was just like, oh, there's a first pop culture reference and they're already like bastardizing it. Um, I read in the trivia, Oprah didn't have to audition for this movie. Can you believe it? <laughs> Man, imagine Ava DuVernay uh, texted Oprah and was like, "Hey, you want to be in this movie?" And she was like, "Yeah, I'll be in that movie." And it's like, yeah, because Oprah's not going to fucking audition for any movie. Um, there's a lot of costume changes uh, with Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling, and Oprah Winfrey. Every time they go somewhere else, there's and their costumes looked crazy, like. Hats off to the costume designers. It looked awesome every time. But at a certain point, it felt like they were going from world to world just to have a costume change. Um, uh, That's what people want to see. That's why they go to the movies, to see the costumes. They, uh, they refer to it as the it. Is that in the book, or is it always it? I think it's just it, but... I felt like in this they were calling it the it to because of it the movies the clowns the movie came out that same year <laughs> yeah um but I felt like in general that it slash darkness is such like a nebulous idea that it's kind of hard to be like oh no the darkness yeah. It's like the darkness is going to take over the world. Look, here's how it started. It's like, oh, no, I I don't really know what that means. I think that comes across better in a book than in a than in a movie where 100 percent. I feel like there were there was a lot in this movie that came across better in the book than the movie. And. I feel like even though it wouldn't have been accurate, it would have been better if they had been like, you know, what? we're adapting this. It's it's going to be different. I looked well, it up because when I was looking for a wrinkle in time, when I searched Disney Plus, I searched W.R. Just W.R. And Wrinkle in Time and Wreck-It Ralph came up, and I was like, oh, man, I wish I was watching Wreck-It Ralph. And one of the screenwriters of Wreck-It Ralph was a screenwriter on this. Hmm. The Wreck-It Ralph movies I really like, by the way. They're yeah. good. Um, good to know. Yeah. As good as Rachel getting married. <laughs> There's just, like, a lot of, um, I don't know, silly rules about things which I feel like are from the book where it's like, well, we can't test her there because it's full of darkness. Yeah. And only the light. Yeah. Um, None of the quotes 
uh, Mindy Kaling's character gives out Mrs. Who are like real insightful. They're all like very like, uh, I guess that applies to the situation, but not really, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't one of them, but they're all kind of like, Oh no, but the journey so far. And she'll be like, well, the, the first steps, the, the longest journey starts with the first step, Confucius, China. And it's like, all right. <laughs> she gives two Shakespeare quotes where I'm like, really? This is supposed to be a being that has evolved beyond language and she's quoting Shakespeare twice? And you're pretty harsh on this movie, Tom. Uh, and then when she weakens, she can use her own words. Mm, I don't know. Like at one point they all become weak because of, I don't know, some nonsense and then she can talk normal. Um, but then like when they leave, she gives like another Shakespeare quote and it's like, well, what's the deal? She can talk normal or she can't. Um, the misses all leave, but they can still talk to them. Yeah. That Um, happens in the book. The, um, is there like a what's the deal between Megan Calvin the romance wise? Um, it's kind of uh, I think they kiss at one point. Yeah, but like it's a friendship more than anything. In this, like it's a it's too overt for my liking. It made me uncomfortable. Where like Calvin says to her at one point, "You have no idea how incredible you are, do you?" And then it seems like they're going to kiss. And it's like, ah, these are both supposed to be like 14-year-olds. Let's lighten up a little bit on the... On what? You don't think ah, the 14-year-olds are allowed to date each other? They're allowed to date each other, but like, I don't want to see it. I know. Well, I mean, you signed up to watch a kid's movie, Tom. Um, did you did you turn off the movie My Girl? Where you're like, what is this smut? Well, it just seems Anna Klumsky and Macaulay Culkin are far well, too young to be kissing each other. Well, like I said, the the dialogue was just really stilted. Where where he says, "You have no idea how incredible you are, do you?" It's like nobody teenagers don't talk right, that way. All right, Tom. They'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I think you you're didn't cool. like this movie. Um, Look, you're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism as a young adult author. Um, uh, when Charles the patrons don't sound up in the comments about the things that they don't like in your books. <laughs> well, that's you know what? That's fine. <laughs> um, imagine, <laughs> imagine I called for that and then people delivered. I'm sure some shithead will. Um, <laughs> um, some lovely paying customer <laughs> will exercise their free speech rights <laughs> and their first amendment rights um so when the darkness takes over charles wallace like that happens in the book mm-hmm. yeah um he says to meg welcome to the darkest mind in the universe and it's like oh i could imagine much darker like you the go joker on, for example the joker for example you go on 4chan and find more <laughs> fucked up people than yeah. maybe they should have maybe they should have taken 4chan into account when writing this children's <laughs> movie tom yeah but they were like welcome to the darkest mind in the universe and then they showed like fucked up memes <laughs> It's like, oh, God, this person's just 
I mean, maybe Meg would have been like, you know, you can stay here. <laughs> this is <laughs> disgusting. Um, uh, but then love fixes everything. Yeah. And like brings back their dad. And then Mindy Kaling comes back and she can speak again, but there's no explanation why she can speak again. Um, and then like they just kind of name random figures throughout history as like other warriors. Yeah, they did that in the book. Um, and yeah, I mean, and then they they come. Do they home. name Jesus in the movie? No, they name like Einstein, Gandhi, Shakespeare. Um, I don't know if they name Shakespeare. I read the list to you a couple weeks ago. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, I don't know if they named Shakespeare because they already name dropped him twice in the movie, but maybe they mm. did again. Uh, I think maybe like Marie Curie, uh, people like that. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. So you're telling me like Einstein went on this, went all, to all these planets and stuff and he didn't tell anyone? <laughs> I think they were just talking about people who were using lightness to drive out the dark. Yeah. I will say this. Um Reese Witherspoon's performance was okay. Could have been better, but it's okay. Mindy Kaling, I feel I like do her, I guess. That's what you're coming off. <laughs> no, that's right not what now. I'm saying. Mindy Kaling, it felt like a weird thing that she was constrained by quotes. Mm-hmm. Um because like, because you don't think she can read in real life? Because you don't think she's <laughs> smart enough, Tom? Come no, on. because otherwise in the movie she kind of played like mute. Mm-hmm. Like she could only communicate through facial expressions or through uh, quotes. And Oprah, they should have let her be more like Oprah. She was like... Uh, you know, it seemed to me like the the direction was like, you know, uh, she's just very ethereal and above all this. And that's what Oprah is. No, but Oprah's fun. Oprah's not fun anymore. Oprah hasn't been fun Oprah, in 20 years. No. Did you watch that interview with uh, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan? No. She like that interview it was like, damn, Oprah's a like a really good interviewer because she's doing so much to like ingratiate herself with them and then like asking a question that they don't want to answer. And but also like even when that's coming up, she's like she doesn't let go of things in that interview where like one of them will give an interview and they're like, well, somebody, somebody had a problem and she's like, okay, what was their name and what was their problem? (laughs) (laughs) So she does like a really good job following up. Um, But I don't know. Like there's a good scene where Oprah has like a, uh, like a side conversation with Meg. And it's like the first time Oprah is like a real person, Mm -hmm. uh, in the movie. And it was a good scene. And I felt like it was more, it was closer to Oprah being Oprah. Like Oprah is not humorless, but this character, uh, did she give her a car? She she did tell her, look under your seat. (laughs) 
and you're not going to, and it was her dad, her missing dad was no, under the seat. Um, no, I just felt like, I don't know, let Oprah have more fun. Oprah, Oprah can be a ton of fun. And in this, it seemed like she was being a little too serious. And the handful of times she was like, allowed to be a little more fun, a little more personable because that's Oprah. Oprah is personable. That's what her entire brand is built on. All right. Um, what do you so think I of would Zach have liked to have seen her be like, we heard you, we heard you, you just like to be a, a closer mentor to, to the kids. That would have been more engaging, I think. Yeah, but that's not what the character is, Tom. Yeah. She's a little intimidating in the book. She's the one, the least uh, um, accessible of the misses. And I get it. And that's why I think when she did kind of like pull Meg aside to talk to her and was a little more personable, it was nice because it was because it was like, oh, she's up here. She's yeah, like, but you can't you can't have that nice moment without establishing her uh, as the other thing first. Anyway. Oh, 100 percent. But I would have liked to have seen more. It felt like that moment happened. And then it was like, oh, now we've got to go. And I would have liked to have seen more of it. How'd you think uh, Zach Galifianakis did? He was he was in one scene. I'd be shocked if he had to do more than a week on this movie. And like he was fun, he was funny in it. Like there was like a weird kind of like Reese Witherspoon kind of had a romance with him. But it was like, yeah, there was a joke about like you know one of the kids asked like, "Oh, is he your boyfriend?" She's like, "Oh, we don't like labels." That's a joke. It's, that passes for a joke in this movie. That passes for a joke in this movie. Yikes. He was he was fine. Like uh, he wasn't full Zach Alphanakis, but he, he was fun enough in that one scene. Um, I feel like this movie in general was like a little uptight, hmm. and could have been a little more fun. They could have let Oprah be more fun. They could have let Zach Galifianakis be more. They could have certainly let Mindy Kaling be more fun. Like she does not have any fun in this movie. She's just saying quotes basically. And it's like, no, let her have a character. Let her, I don't know, have fun or dialogue. She's a very funny person. I think it's daunting. Um, when they're adapting uh, a very beloved book. Um, oh, 100%. I think they're only able to do that because Madeline Langle died and her, you know, whatever. Like, I, I don't think, I think they were trying to give it the weight it deserved. Um, yeah. And not fuck it up. And then that never works out well. They yeah. should have done what they did with um, the Dukes of Hazard <laughs> um, in the Dukes of Hazard movie. Just make it a big spoof of it or the Brady Bunch movie. Uh, I don't think they should have done that. Um, but yeah, I do feel like the, the entire movie, like I couldn't really tell who the movie was meant for because it, it, it took itself very seriously and the book, you know, the book does too. And it, it deals with some serious topics, but, um, but it's also trying to be like, you know, a CGI summer blockbuster. And it's just not entertaining in that way at all. 
And this movie is 140 minutes. And I was shocked by that because it felt way longer than that. Just because like, it feels like not, not much is happening. And the things that are, are happening are just so nebulous. So like, Oh, now you found that love is the cure. So now we can go to a different dimension and now yeah. you're going to talk to this person, like Michael Pena's in it, uh, yeah, that's cool. who's also like a very fun actor and he's pretty fun in this, but he's in it for like 10 minutes and it's kind of like the part of the movie he's in isn't really driving the plot forward. It just feels like a sidestep, like the whole movie just, you don't understand why the kids are going through what they're going through yeah that was kind of the thing with the book too but in a book i just feel like it's just like well that's what it is and in a movie you have to yeah yeah and that's why i'm saying that i feel like movies nowadays are going through this weird like we have to be 100 percent authentic to the book and this was i feel like very authentic to the book but there was just so much that did not translate uh, from the book to uh, the type of movie this was trying to yeah. be. And I had read originally this was going to be a sub $35 million movie, and then it ballooned to $250 million. And they got Ava DuVernay, who's, you know, big time director they got all these huge names in this movie and i just feel like that was the raw it's like no you should have made a small movie um and not and and expected all right we're gonna make a 30 million dollar movie it's gonna make a hundred million dollars that's great yeah they should have made a a weird movie that like kind of creeps kids out and then like (laughs) 20 years later they're like Remember that movie we watched when we were little kids? Yeah, this then, 100% like, ris- yeah. feels like the type of movie where it's like, throw some Muppets in there, throw some just like yeah. weird creatures. Uh, this came out the same weekend as Black Panther, hmm. which, you know, that Black Panther was a phenomenon. Yeah. And it, it just felt like this was just so boring. Uh, it, it, it was a boring movie. It All right, was, wrap it up, Tom. It I, was a boring. Just been saying the same thing. It was a boring movie, movie masquerading as a summer blockbuster. All right, and it and they should have either rewrote it, gone full summer blockbuster, or dramatically cut the budget and made it a more personal, uh, smaller movie about you know a family. And let Oprah give away some fucking cars. Let her give away some cars during the movie. Who would it hurt? Have Tom Cruise jumping on that couch, for Christ's sakes. Oprah looked phenomenal in this movie. Like, the the different costume changes, and, like, sometimes she would have, like, bejeweled eyebrows <laughs> All right. and different haircuts. Like, that was great. That was really cool. But, you know... I don't know. More personal Oprah. That's all I want in a movie. How many stars do you give this film? Out of what? Ten. Ten stars? I would give it a four. 
Wow. I mean, all you, you, you didn't seem like I had uh, anything nice to say about it, was, it beyond Oprah's bejeweled eyebrows. Well, like I said, I... I'm was, sick of hearing about this. All right. Well, no, next week, I'm we'll going to... No, listen. Oh, my the God. Performances you've been rambling were good. for so long about this, The performances Tom. were good. The directing was good. I really think the problem was just the screenplay was boring as hell. Okay. The book is kind of boring as hell, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Maybe not all books should be movies. Maybe. Who who would have thunk? I really wish. I mean, I'm glad that they don't make every single book into a movie. <laughs> well, that'd be way too, too many, many movies. movies. Yeah. yeah. What are we doing next week? Um, I don't know, Tom. I thought we were doing Tim and Tom Get High next week, but I guess that, that timing doesn't work out, does it? We can't do it until we're in person. I refuse yeah. to do it unless we're in person. All right. Well, maybe we'll do like a short story next week. How about that? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can think of something for one. Maybe we'll put up a flash pole for a short story. Okay. Cool. There once was a man from Nantucket. See you next week. <laughs>